You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive Podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. And welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Drive Podcast. You know what? We are so thankful uh, that you're willing to take a little time out of your day uh, to listen to us chat back and forth and hopefully the content that you listen to today is something that will be beneficial to you, uh, not only as a sports official, uh, but just in uh, your life in general. And uh, that's why we do what we do. As you're listening today, if uh, if this is helpful, do us a favor and give us a review. Uh, give us a five-star rating. Uh, and that helps us as we hope to help other people. My name is Chad Ozy, and I am joined today by Jeff Cross. How are we today, Jeff? I am good. I am a little tired <laughs> today, you know. Uh, didn't quite sleep, uh, didn't go to bed early and wake up early. I went to bed late and woke up early, so um, we're getting a little bit of adjustment there. So, uh, But I do have... An upgrade on my golf cart. So, you know, if anybody knows me at all, I'm a golf cart guy. I decorated for Christmas, but I got a new one and I was able to drive it here to the to your office and it was a very fun ride. It, it was pretty great. I'm getting set up and everything for our uh, podcast recording this morning. All of a sudden I hear this horn outside <laughs> and I look through the blinds of my office window and there's Jeff in his new souped up shiny uh, golf cart ready to go. He showed me the pictures last night. Yeah, man. So uh, Jeff is ready to roll. This baby is not going off road. It's going <laughs> to, I'm going to keep, uh, I'm sure I'll mess it up. You know, I'm thinking about the, the first time I dent it up or scratched, I'm going to be mad. So. <laughs> well, hey, in this episode, we are just going to bring you a short little quick hit episode, and we are going to give you a follow-up uh, to our last episode. Uh, for those of you that were listening, <clears throat> we just released um, a great little conversation that we had about Jeff stepping back into the world of baseball uh, mm. as an umpire. Mm. And one of the things that I found really interesting about that conversation is that uh, Jeff, you know, here you work at such a high level in basketball mm. uh, to the point that, you know, it's it's your your primary career um, that then you with going back into baseball, you're not stepping back into baseball at the same level that you're 
working basketball. You're not even stepping back into baseball at the same level that you left baseball. I agree. And I think sometimes, you know, when when we look at things like that, um, that can be a little bit of an ego hit. Uh, that can be, you know, whatever. And I, I really loved just kind of the way that you've approached this and all. But I thought our people would love to hear um, what it was like. And, and it was really interesting. The moment we got off the field yesterday, uh, Justin Sampson, I'll go ahead and call him out uh, on the podcast. Justin had sent me in, uh, a Facebook message. He's like, I see we got the uh, podcast crew together out there tonight because uh, Justin also works the league that we worked. Uh, he works it down in the St. Louis area. And so he was checking box scores, seeing who was working where last night and saw that we were working together. And so uh, some of our podcast crew was already aware of the fact that you were out there uh, working. But I thought, man, tell us, Jeff, what was it like to, to put the – the, the uniform back on and head out onto a baseball field again. Uh, before I answer that question, I have, another, I have a question for you. All right. You thought it was interesting how I was approaching this yeah. getting back into baseball. Yeah. I want to I wanna discuss that. Okay. Whether that be now or later, I want to sure. make sure we discuss that because I want to know what's interesting about it. And I want to know, um, you know, are you – are you seeing other people do the same sort of scenario or am I approaching it in an uncommon way? I guess yeah, so. Absolutely. Um, well, what it was like just to go through a few things after, you know, multiple online orders of equipment <laughs> after multiple trying on clothes, you know, taking them to the tailor, getting them hemmed up properly after multiple adjusting your chest, prote- my chest protector, shin guards, and face mask multiple times, um, even after packing my bag on whatever, we'll just say a week ago, unpacking my bag three days ago, repacking my bag, adding to my bag at minimum. I'm, I'm, I'm not stretching the truth here at all. At a minimum, I added six things after I packed my bag yesterday morning. I was like, okay, and I'm like, oh, I need this, I need this, and I need this. So, and then, you know, we're getting dressed, and I'm like, what? Where's that? I, I, I thought I had my, you know, my socks over here, and where are those at? So, once I got past all of that, and it was, it's funny. I'm gonna go back a little bit. Just let's just say. It might have been yesterday morning. You know, I had all my stuff back from the tailor. So I tried it all on, looked in the mirror. There's something about just putting a uniform on anyway, at least for me, whether it's a basketball uniform, a baseball uniform, or even when I played. Mm-hmm. And I even go back to when I when you when I first started working, you know, like so whatever, your first job at Subway. They give you, you know, the Subway uniform. Back then it was a yellow button-up shirt or something. So you put that uniform on and you look in the mirror and you just, you know, it's, you just look at it differently opposed to, "Eh, I'll put my t-shirt and shorts on. So when I did that, I'm like, man, you know, there's just something that really feels good about that. So, you know, it was, it was, it was exciting. Mm -hmm. It was exciting to say the least, you know, texting some of my friends, it's game day, baby. You know, I was, (laughs) I was really, you know, looking forward to it and it did not disappoint. It did not disappoint. Um, it was, uh, 
you know, we had about what hour and 45 minute drive, you know, a little under yep. two hour drive. And I feel like, you know, we spent a big part of that talking baseball. Sure. we did. I mean, like you, I, I almost asked you cause I'm asking you all these questions, right. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to correlate what, what I did 10 years ago yep. to what we have to do now. Is it still the same? Is it, you know, altered a little bit? And I'm, Thinking, geez, Chad probably feels like you know we even going to make it through this game, you know, kind of thing, you know. Cause he keeps asking all these things, so um, it was uh, for sure a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, I I think my first play at second base, you know, it was, it was a steal, kind of a close play. I'm like, great, here we go, right? But in my in my movements in the grass and the shoes, and you know, I'm used to running in, in hardwoods, you know, yeah. and I'm. It was just, I'm like, I'm going to fall out here. <laughs> you know, what kind of impression am I going to make? You know, bottles of equipment, I twist my ankle and I'm done for the year, you know, whatever. So um, just all those things went through my head. So it was uh, by far a really great experience. Yeah. And I will tell you, uh, all of you baseball umpires out there, you know that there are games when you're working base. Jeff, Jeff was on the bases. I had the plate last night. Um, we're going to be uh, at the same place in a few days. And our roles will be reversed. I'll get the opportunity to work the bases and he'll have the dish. But uh, when you work the bases, um, you can go an entire game with nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, where there is not a single close play. Um, And you can go other games where it feels like every play that happens is just an absolute gut buster, Mm -hmm. you know. And that was one of those days for Jeff yesterday. There were so many things. There were crazy steal plays. There were really funny plays at first where maybe a, a fielder didn't field it cleanly, and so now the play is much closer than it should have been. Or a, a fielder's trying to decide, is he going to flip it to the mm. pitcher coming across, or mm. is he going to try to cover it himself? And so just even trying to find the right angles on some of those plays and things like that. I mean, there were a ton of close plays for you to have to deal with last night. So what was it like? You said even your first one at second, you know, it was pretty close. Just to jump right back into, man, I got to make hard decisions quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it, it quickly, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, my like I said, my very first play was a steal play. One hop, catch, tag, steal. That was my first play. I didn't have a play. I didn't have a ground ball, you know, mm-hmm. you know, position A, here we go, easy <laughs> out, call them out. I didn't have that. It was like, here we go. It is on. I'm like, golly. So... I think I was I was already prepared, right? And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. But if you could have been inside my head, there was a lot of self-talk going on. A lot of self-talk, okay. you know, a lot of, you know, be patient, you know, try and get your best look. Also, trust your gut, trust your instincts a little bit, you know, those kind of things. And how can I improve that look? What am I, you know, what can I... Should I, should I uh, set up sooner? You know, maybe let's, because now I'm 53. I, I'm not 43. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, not that I'm slow by any means, but I'm definitely that if I got there in four steps, now I only get three, you know, or whatever that is. So I got to, I'm going through all that in my head. Okay, if I have another play at third, I'm not going to take that extra step. I'm going to settle sooner so my eyes aren't bouncing. But, you know, all those things. So um, it was, I mean... Like I said, I think I said a couple of podcasts ago, um, it's been a long time since I've been a rookie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I felt like a rookie, but I was definitely treating it like, you know, okay, 
take as much in as you can. Yeah. You know, with we're still showing some confidence. You know, sure. I don't I don't want to look like a rookie out there. So yeah, it was it was good, you know. I was I was concerned about my pause, read, and react on fly balls. I was concerned about that. I was concerned about, which we've already discussed about, you know, okay, am I in B, C, modified, Q, Z, whatever. <laughs> you know, you guys are all this lingo. And I'm like, listen, first base side or third base side? That's really what I need to know. You know, like you're supposed to be back a little bit. I'm like, listen, I just got to be on the right side. <laughs> so, um, yeah, all those things were just going through my head. And then – just trying to listen to the game, listen to, you know, just hear some things that are being said. And so I was I was very much a student of the game last night for three hours. So one of the things that we have talked about on this podcast quite a bit since, you know, when when we talk about officiating, we, we talk about it in lots of different sports and all. But we really focus in on baseball and basketball because those are the sports that that together we work. And sure. now both of us, you know, work yeah. <laughs> and. Um, we've talked about how there are things about working one sport, you know, make us better in the other sport. And I find it interesting because you started in baseball, mm-hmm. right? Then you went to basketball mm-hmm. and you've talked multiple times on the podcast about how things that you brought from initially working baseball, you feel made you a better basketball official. So then what was it about going back to baseball now? that you feel being a high-level basketball official made you a better baseball umpire last night? Well, I don't know that anything made me a better baseball umpire last night. Okay. I think over time, mm-hmm. what's probably going to make me a better baseball umpire is, you know, my my attention to detail and rules knowledge in basketball that I've developed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring that into baseball. Sure. Not that I was... Um, below average in baseball before, mm-hmm. but I definitely wasn't as high level as I am in basketball now as far as rule out, rules knowledge goes and, and you know, that mental game. Okay. I didn't, I wasn't working on my mental game back in baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, you know, dude, whatever, you're out, bro, and here we go, right? <laughs> I wasn't worried about communicating and, and you know, having a strong mental game. So um, I'm really anxious to bring that into my baseball career. I'm, I'm anxious to... Because at 53, I'm probably going to need a little bit more of that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to defend, uh, depend on my, you know, my 35 year old body running around like, and you know, look how fast he is, kind of yeah. thing. Like, eh, he's, listen, he moves well, but he's also got a uh, pretty good head on his shoulders. I uh, I saw a couple things last night from the outside that there were moments that I could just see, like if if you had gone into Photoshop and put a basketball uniform on him on the picture and you had changed the grass of the diamond to hardwood, it would have looked exactly like Jeff looks sometimes when he's communicating with a coach in basketball. Interesting. There were there were there are a couple mannerisms that you used. <clears throat> there were a couple ways that you addressed the coach. You know, in in basketball, we have to communicate quickly mm-hmm. because we got to move on to the next thing. Sure. You know, we're, we're going down to the other end. And if right. I stay and talk with this coach, then my two partners are stuck, you know, officiating on their own down there. And my crew's not going to be real happy with me when mm-hmm. we're done. I, I can't just take this play off, you right, know, while, right. while I talk to a coach. And uh, 
there were a couple times where you communicated really clearly with a coach, but then you just went back. Like you didn't stick around for a conversation. Yeah, I didn't. You know, you communicated what you needed to communicate and you went to the other end of the court. Yeah, right. You know, the other end of the court was back over at A when, yeah. you know, the conversation was over at third base. <clears throat> and the first time you did it, I was like, ooh, I wonder if I wonder if maybe he should have stayed and, and had a little longer conversation. And the second time you did it, it was it was amazing. Like the coach was like, All right, and he turned around and went went right back. And I'm like, <laughs> Man, maybe this is something we need to bring into the baseball game uh, just a little bit more, you know, because it wasn't something that needed a discussion. Yeah, you know, it was something that required a quick explanation. Okay, and now I'm going to move on. Yeah, you know, and I think there are a lot of us that work a lot of baseball that sometimes we feel like, well, we have to have a three minute conversation with a coach so the coach feels heard. Sure, well, I don't have to do that. Yeah. I can communicate in a way that allows them to feel heard. Whether I had a 30-second conversation or a three-minute conversation, they weren't going to like the answer either way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's do it in in this kind of concise way and, and all. And so I, I found that uh, super I, I think that's definitely something that you bring to the baseball game. And, again, I didn't see you when you were umpiring before. You know, so I don't know if that was a, a, a piece of your game back then. Yeah. And it's still a piece of your game now or if that's something that's changed because of your development as a basketball official. But I did find that really interesting. And I know the two plays you're talking about, the two situations, and you're right. I just kind of turned and answered my answered the questions and went on about my business, you know, whatever. I got to mm-hmm. count my two minutes, man. I stopwatch time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, whatever the scenario is, right? But um, I, I really have to process whether or not I was doing that 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 15 years ago. Um, my guess is I was probably still communicating that way. Um, and wh- whether I don't in baseball, basketball, any sport, really, it, it's just a judgment call. This shouldn't be a three minute conversation over a judgment call. Yep. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. If a coach wants to make it a three, a three minute conversation, then by all means, let's do that. Mm-hmm. But listen, you're telling me he got under it. I'm telling you he didn't. That's it. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, he's, I think even the play, he like, can you ask for help? No, I can't ask for help. I'm six <laughs> feet away from the play. That's right. There's no asking for help. Yep. You know, this is a done deal. Now, if it's, oh, well, why is he scoring on an overthrow? You know, that I feel like can that get, can you know, a few more minutes of, you know, some clarity. So that's probably how I treated it. You know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, why is that a foul? Because, you know, they made illegal contact. You know, on the arm mm-hmm. uh, and an airborne shooter. It's really simple. You know what I mean? Yep. That's why I called the foul. Whether I'm right, wrong, or different, that's just why I called it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I called this person out or safe or whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, we'll see if that's, uh, you know, you know, the rest of the summer and, and next spring, if that's conducive to baseball for me. Yeah. No, it's great. So you asked me to come back to what I thought <clears throat> was uncommon Mm -hmm. about the way that you're approaching this uh first of all i will just say the fact that you're coming back to the game i think is uncommon yeah and here's why i would say that i think a lot of us once we've once we've moved beyond something Mm -hmm. it's really hard to go back Mm -hmm. right i'll i'll just even say let's just even put it in in the same sport 
you know, let's say you've been a, a small college basketball official for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, and, and you've not been working high school, right? And now for whatever reason, you've been released from a league or two. Maybe it's an age thing. Maybe it's just a physical ability thing, whatever, right? You've, that, that's happened. There are a lot of people would say, well, I'm not going to go back and work high school because it feels like a little bit of a ego hit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You know, same thing on the baseball side. You know, you've been working, I don't want to go back and work high school, whatever. Um, I had a situation this year. I had an open day on my baseball schedule because of a rain out where I was supposed to travel to. I called up my local high school assigner, said, hey, if you need somebody somewhere, he's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get stuff switched around for you to be on a varsity game. I'm like, no, don't put me on a varsity game. Like, put me on a JV game with a new guy. Mm -hmm. You know, let me, let me do that. And that was kind of shocking to him because to him that was uncommon. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, if you're, if you're going to come work this level, you want the best game at this level or whatever. And I just, you know, I just wanted to help fill hole, you know, help, help make life a little bit easier for that assigner. It's been so good to me in the past. Um, And then I think obviously the same thing happens when we go from sport to sport. You know, if, if you were in sales for a long time and you were the sales manager and you left sales for a while and you went to go work in a nonprofit, mm. you know, and six years later you go back into sales, it's really hard to not be the sales manager. Right. It's really hard to be the low guy on the totem mm-hmm. pole selling, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? And so I do think it's uncommon just the pure fact that you chose to to come back and do it. And then the next thing that I think was uncommon is that the way you approached it was, yes, still with a confidence that you knew what you were doing, but yet wanting to know how do I need to do it differently now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's not the same as it was 10 years ago. Sure. As much as I would love for it to be, it'd be a lot easier for me if it was. Yep. The, The way that we're asked to communicate with coaches now is there we didn't have the official warning back when you were working you yeah, know you just thumbed them that coach if you continue <laughs> to argue you'll be forced you know that whole thing we that wasn't there then and and it is there now so i think that that shows uh, it shows a great amount of respect for the game you know that you were willing to do that Uh, But it also shows a a lot of humility as well. Mm -hmm. Not, well, I know what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And so for me, it was kind of fun. I remember, you know, when when I was doing things early in my basketball career at the college level, you know, and I would get the occasional opportunity to step on a court with you, you know, I just felt felt good because I know, like, we're going to be okay, Mm -hmm. you know? And then for me, it was kind of fun to feel like it was a little bit of a flip situation. Sure, sure. You know, last Mm -hmm. night as we got onto a baseball field um, because uh, I had a a, a relationship with, with one of the coaches. They'd seen me before and... And they were they were happy to see us out there on a field uh, with a CBUA across our hats, mm-hmm. and knowing that that particular group of umpires was back um, working this league again, and so it was just a lot of fun, and uh, and it was neat. And so the reason I wanted to have just kind of this quick little catch up for everybody today, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here, but I just wanted you all to to kind of hear. Um, where where Jeff was at, what this process was like since we talked about it and we just released that episode, we thought we'd then just turn right around and give you the rest of the story, <laughs> yeah, you right. know, mm-hmm. as uh, Paul Harvey would say back mm-hmm. in the day. 
because uh, it's one thing to anticipate something and then it's another thing to see it happen and there's you know there's mistakes that were made last night there's positioning that was you know not exactly where we'd want it to be or whatever but that stuff paled in comparison to wow this is this is something that yeah i'm going to be able to do this is something that i'm right back in the thick of things mm -hmm. and uh, anxious to see it happen so we we may give you all another update after jeff has his first plate job because that's a different story <laughs> boy. We'll, we'll, we'll let everybody know how that goes but uh, i hope this was this was interesting to you all maybe if you're a uh, uh, if you're out there and and there's a, a transition that's happening in your life. And, and maybe it's on the field or on the court, or maybe it's just in life. You know, maybe it's a job switch. Maybe it's a, a change in location or whatever. Um, sometimes it's just, it's good to hear the stories of people that are taking risks. Because yeah. it's a risk, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, and sometimes that risk is not necessarily from other people, but it's internal. Am, am I going to be what I think I can be? Mm. And uh, so I would encourage all of our listeners out there to be uncommon in the way you approach those risks. Yeah, it's fun to try things that are new. Yeah, you know, even though I've done them before, it's it's fun. You should. Yeah. I encourage everyone to do it. That's awesome. Everybody, have a great day. Uh, pursue success in an uncommon way, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.